0: Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. You, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. Let me go back up to verse 5. Let this mind be in you. He took on the form of a servant. We sometimes use this expression. We talk about having the mind of Christ. Trying to find the mind of Christ. And what we mean is we're trying to find the direction the Spirit seems to be leading. And that's fine. I don't fault you for using that expression in that manner. But the Bible actually talks about the mind of Christ. And it tells us what the mind of Christ is in these verses. Jesus didn't have to do it. He didn't have to do what he did for you and I. He could have made the choice to just wipe us all out, start over, try something different, you know. But he saw something valuable in his creation not only that he loved his creation Amen. to a degree that I'm not able to really even begin to understand Amen. we're not I'm not worthy of his love but I guess that's what makes it love that's what makes it love there was something more important to Jesus Christ than anything else in all the universe something that compelled him to voluntarily give up heaven and come down to this lousy place this broken place this, this sin corrupted world oh he didn't make it a lousy place that was your fault and mine yeah. going back to our parents from the very beginning, the world is a lousy place today. War, destruction, disease, death, injury, pain, suffering. It's all the cause of one thing, and that is man's sin. God made it perfect in the beginning. We're the ones that broke it. So let us never blame God for suffering. We brought it on ourselves with our sin and rebellion. So the Lord looked at a broken world and and a messed up situation here on earth. He knew there was only one way to reconcile the situation. So he took upon himself the form of a servant. This is the mind of Christ. Nothing was more important to him than the kingdom. Everywhere Jesus went, he went preaching good tidings about the kingdom of heaven. Told parables about how the kingdom of heaven is. Talked about the kingdom coming. Told us that the kingdom of God was within us. The Bible says, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So many scriptures about the kingdom. Jesus let go of heaven, took upon the form of a servant so that he could advance the kingdom of God. This is the mind of Christ, putting the kingdom first. Praise the Lord. Oh, every one of us is kingdom-minded. The only question is whose kingdom is in, is in mind. Somebody here tonight is seeking the will of God trying to sort things out I want to just give you one little nugget of advice that has worked well for me when you're trying to sort out things in your life trying to find direction and you're faced with options and choices stop before you make any decision and consider which of my choices would bring the kingdom of God the most glory. Which, which, which course of my life is most likely to benefit in terms of reaching souls, being a witness for Jesus Christ, benefiting my fellow man by drawing them closer to God? We'll be kingdom-minded. We'll have very, very few. Uh, difficulties really in seeking out the right way most of the time the problem is that we're really not trying to find the will of God oh man I'm I'm feeling this we're not trying to find the mind of God as much as we're trying to make our will into his will trying to wrestle what we really want to do into such some kind of package so we can just Embrace that thing and swallow it and take it home with us and convince ourselves that it's really the will of God when really it's never been anything other than what we just really wanted to do anyway. And then we wonder why sometimes we're struggling. But if we only have the mind of Christ amen let's put god's kingdom first you want to have a revival you want to turn this, this city upside down you want to make an impact that that that, that would be uh hurt uh, you want to make a shot that's hurt around the world you want to have an impact amen that's just going to blow your mind amen put his kingdom first in all that you do what did jesus say seek ye he didn't say seek ye first god He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the rest of this stuff gets added unto you. You you hear all this prosperity preaching. That's the one part they leave out. Put God first and don't worry about the rest. That's my prosperity doctrine. Praise the Lord. Oh, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Praise God. We're just trying to obey God tonight, Amen. Sister Amy, if you could just turn the clock off tonight, Amen. She times me, Bishop, <laughs> and she gives me a report. <laughs> Can I get off the clock tonight? Because if I'm on the clock, I am in trouble tonight. But I trust y'all have uh, school in the morning, and we won't keep you. Uh, we won't keep you a Filipino length tonight, Amen. And um, we do count it a tremendous honor, just more than you, could, more than you can understand, to stand on this pulpit. We appreciate you opening up your, your pulpit and your church to us to talk to you all about some of the wonderful things that God is doing in the country of the Philippines. By now, you all have been looking at that for a while, so you know what our name is, what our names are. We are Mark and Deborah Namey. We're honored to be your missionaries to the Philippines. <coughs> We do have a website. It's called philippinesforchrist.com. I encourage you to pick up a bookmark on your way out. It has our website address, and we'd like you to stick that in your Bible. And uh, hope that every time that you open your Bible and and uh, pull one of those out, uh, that you'd remember us. Maybe those, maybe those guys are going to get some bookmarks. That'd be great if they are. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Praise God. We want to... Um, Just give you a quick uh, introduction to what God is doing in the Philippines. But first of all, let's take you to where it is on the map. This is a map of Asia, and these islands right here constitute the country of the nation of the Philippines. Uh, To orient you, this is China. You have India over here. These countries down here are, are, this is Indonesia, Malaysia, uh, Vietnam, Laos, and Cambodia over here. Papua New Guinea, where the Barnett's are, is right here. That's Taiwan, where brother and sister Edmonds are. If we were to draw the equator, it would go right about there. So uh, what that means is it's always hot in the country of the Philippines. Uh, We have two seasons there. They say wet and dry, I say hot and hotter. Uh, The temperature never gets below, I mean, at the coldest, Deepest, darkest part of winter, it gets down to 75 degrees. I mean, it's... Ri- and you're you you going to laugh, but the people there are freezing when it hits 75. Al- almost every day, it'll get to 90 degrees or close, and the humidity's pretty high. Here's a close-up view. Uh, the Philippines hosts a couple very large cities. Right there is where... Uh, Manila is. It is the world's fifth largest metropolitan area with over 22 million souls. It's where Sister Amy and I have lived most of the last two and a half years, and where our first Bible college is located. We currently live on the island of Negros. Right there, this island's kind of shaped like a sock. And this is where we're going to be opening our second Bible college when we return in July. On the southern uh, island of Mindanao, this large island here, is the world's second largest city, not in population, but in land area, and that's the city of Davao. And uh, some of the Muslim islands that you hear about the problems with terrorists and stuff, they're down here in this region, mostly right there. Some quick facts about the Philippines. <clears throat> population is has just crested 100 million souls. Uh, language is a major, major challenge there, not only for foreigners, but for Filipinos. Uh, the, the, with so many languages and dialects, people from neighboring villages speaking in their own native tongues don't understand each other. It's it's quite a problem. <laughs> um, thankfully, they chose a few years back, actually a few decades back now, uh, two languages, one of which I'm working real hard to, to master, and that would be this one, English. Um, <clears throat> but uh, we're still working on that but uh, the other one is Filipino Uh, not every Filipino speaks good English but all of them now in their public schools are receiving some English instruction Um, bottom line is we we're able about 75 percent of the time to get by on English no matter where we are in the country but often when we're preaching we use an interpreter just to make sure everybody understands Uh, It's a poor country, uh, which probably isn't a surprise to you. This uh, per capita income is actually quite high, in my estimation. And it's probably skewed because there are some very wealthy people there. The average household probably does not bring in more than $100 uh, a month. uh, And they somehow get by on on that meager fare. There are, yes, over 7,000 islands. That is not a typo. Uh, That's another one of our challenges is that uh, just just transportation is is a real challenge there It's just it's not easy to get from uh, Manila say to uh, Mindanao the only way you can get there is either by boat or or by air air And many places are remote and difficult to get to if you add up all the landmass, It's about the size of the state of Arizona Uh, often the Philippines sadly is in the news because of The weather, there there are many typhoons that seem to just bullseye on our our country, one after the other starting in June and going through usually December or January. Uh, Also, it's on the Pacific Rim of Fire, meaning there's much volcanic activity and many earthquakes. Uh, I should have mentioned what one of the best things about being a missionary to the Philippines is. I get to wear these. This is a uh, Filipino barong. That's what they call it. I call it a great excuse not to have to wear a tie. Praise the Lord. Amen. So this is our, this is our formal formal dress, and you'll see a lot of Filipinos wearing But almost every Westerner that comes over says, hey, where can I get one of those? Praise the Lord. All right, some uh, brief history facts. Uh, the country of the Philippines was a colony of Spain for more than 300 years. After that, it became a U.S. territory until shortly after. World War II. Uh, many people will remember, especially those my age and up, would remember Ferdinand Marcos who ruled as a dictator, but he's actually better known for his wife. What was her, what was her thing? Shoes! That's right! What's, what's For the rest of you, what's up with the shoes? Well, the Marcos has had to leave the Philippines in, in a hurry. Um, in 1986 they went into exile, and I don't know how many pairs Imelda got to take with her to to Hawaii, but she left behind 3,000 pairs Wow Hey that dictator things not so bad is it? Yeah All right, right. you might remember Clark Air Force Base and Mount Pinatubo erupting in 91. We'll move on Uh, The religious situation is predominantly Roman Catholic, maybe 90% Uh, most of uh, the Mainline religions denominations will be represented there, but in small percentages, and there are also many homegrown kind of cults uh, sadly with large followings there Um, We talked about the Muslim influence in the southern Philippines Uh, It can be quite a problem although. They're uh, Trying to root them out uh, along with the US military's help Um, They are responsible for many kidnappings bombings uh, other terrorist activities. so we do covet your prayers because yes we do sometimes travel in muslim dominated areas i don't have a death wish but we there are precious souls that are there and we have churches and works reaching into those areas and those folks need god too amen one of the things that weighs heavy on our heart is that the country of the philippines is in asia which is which is where sixty percent of the world's population lives tonight Do the math, Uh, 7 billion souls, 60%, that means more than 4 billion people live on that one continent of Asia, and we are on the doorstep of Asia. And I've had occasion, Deborah and I have had occasion to travel somewhat through Asia, and everywhere we go our heart is made heavy because of the idolatry. Uh, the, the, all all of Asia seems to be idolatrous I mean literally worshiping statues having little shrines to God's offering their money and their their prayers and their food and all of this kind of stuff all their service to gods who cannot hear them false gods who cannot hear them nor answer their prayers it tears our heart out and in all of Asia there are more than 50 countries but there is only one nation that considers itself to be Christian, and that is the nation of the Philippines. Though it be predominantly Catholic, Filipinos have something, it seems, inbred in them, Bishop McGee, that seems to be in them already, that says we have a responsibility to Christianize or to reach or to evangelize Asia. So I I said all that to say this, that I believe that the day will come. I believe it's in God's perfect will that one day will not only be talking about sending missionaries to the country of the Philippines, but with his help, we'll be one day sending out many missionaries from the Philippines to reach the rest of Asia. Praise God in Jesus' name. The first apostolic missionary, uh, missionary family to the Philippines was Reverend Carlos Grant, who was with the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ for many years, did a tremendous job. As far as we know, he is... Uh, in fact, by all accounts he's the one that introduced the apostolic message to the country of the philippines we 're happy to report that the apostolic movement is is healthy and uh, many uh, of our churches are having revival there today Well, it all started with brother Grant and uh, a few years ago someone blessed me abundantly by putting into my hands an original typewritten copy of Brother Grant's personal memoirs. And so we have his autobiography, and I, I read it, and it just thrilled me, me particularly, since we were going to be missionaries there. It particularly interested us, of course, to know how the work got started. But I thought, what a gift. Uh, and we, want to sh- we wanted very much to share that gift with folks back home. So we asked for and received permission from his successors and heirs to uh, print that book uh, print those notes up in book form and as a project of our bible college there we have now printed up uh, th- that into a book and it's available only one place on earth and that is in mount carmel illinois even a little table right out there but only be there for a limited time and i have only se- uh, 10 copies left uh, so if-, if you like missionary stories uh, I don't know when you get another chance to get your hands on this book. Uh, we'd like to put many more in print, but we're down to ten copies. Uh, they're out there. Pick up one before you go home, and I promise you you'll enjoy it. Well, we want to take you to the, to the Philippines and uh, give you some kind of introduction. We couldn't do that without showing you some of the islands. Uh, the only way we can get to many of those islands is on a small boat like what you just saw there. And I know you all are feeling very sorry for us right about now. You see these uh, beautiful island scenes. I wish I could say uh, it was all about beautiful islands and uh, and, and all that. Now they say, I'm not a diver, but they say some of the world's best diving is there. Um, It's certainly very pretty islands. But you are getting some scenes, uh, local fishermen there, some of the houses that people live in. Uh, all through the Philippines, you'll see people living in bamboo houses with grass roofs. Family lives in that house behind us there. and it just gives you an idea of some of the beauty that can be seen if you get out and around the Philippines. <coughs> of course, we have to also introduce you t- to the city of a little bit of city life, and there's Manila, just a, a little tiny slice of it actually. I mean it's like that three sixty very dirty, uh, smoggy. Air is terrible, and the living conditions are squalid in a lot of places. Look at those shanties where people are living. Everybody uh, is familiar with the jeepneys. There's a couple of jeepney drivers. That's open air buses that are used for public transportation. These are tricycles which are used for short uh, tra- distance transportation. You might see a family of four or five on a small bike. Of course, you might see anything else there too. That's just right outside of where we live. That's a uh, roasted pig, actually delicious, by the way. Uh, they love they love those for feasts. Uh, of course, fruit stands, vegetables, cute kids everywhere. They Filipinos love a camera, by the way. I tell you, they will warm up some of the living conditions. This is right outside of our balcony where we live. That's a family of three living right there. Uh, folks sleeping on the streets in Manila is not uncommon. Um, you know kids are just so poor some places in the city breaks your heart um, You know they're cleaning themselves and drinking from a, a rain gutter. I mentioned idolatry <clears throat> The Filipinos are, are not without their own idols uh, they're, they've just made one small change. They've they've always been idolatrous people. They have just Christianized their idols every village has a patron saint every you know they they have festivals where they are, where they offer prayers and and even have food offerings just like they just like you read about in the Bible. People are still practicing idolatry, only there they give them Christian symbols. You know God God hates idol idolatry so much that he said that every idolater would go to the lake of fire. Serious issue. Serious issue. Now our idols may not be statues, but let's make sure we don't put anything. Be- between us and God, amen. We don't offer our worship or our love to anybody other than him, amen. Well, Manila is only one part of the Philippines. To really get uh, to know it, you need to travel in what we call the provinces or the outlying areas. You see uh, rural life is uh, so uh, interesting there. That is sugar cane. Uh, Here's typical houses in the countryside. Um, this is near, a, near the water, near a beach. There's somebody taking a bed home on a tricycle. <laughs> he's, you can't hardly help but smile when you're in the Philippines. You're going to see something funny. I just wondered where he came from and why, he's, why is he still alive. I don't know. More houses. This lady's cooking over an open fire in her own kitchen. There's the inside of a grass hut. People live there. This inside of a block house, a typical house. Uh, a shanty village nearby one of our churches. That is rice drying, by, dry, drying out by the roadside. Another village scene there. And uh, these folks actually are Pentecostals. They live in a city dump. That is a, about a six inch long spider. Yeah, sitting on that leaf there. More rural scenes, just some slices of life uh, from some of our many travels throughout the country. These animals here are called carabao. They're a form of water buffalo. They're very gentle, but very strong animals They use them just like in the olden days. They still plow with these guys and use them to carry loads Well our daily life is very very hectic as you can imagine Uh, During the week we typically are teaching in the Bible College Uh, on weekends we're traveling to our various works throughout the country Uh, So travel is a big part of our lives. We are on airplanes and boats and buses and jeepneys like that and tricycles. Uh, We don't own a car. Sometimes we have to walk uh, long distances to get where we're going. That's a pedicab, bicycle uh, cab. That is a train inside of Manila. So all these various types of transportation. Here we are early in the morning going to an outreach. And Sister Namie going through the jungle, but never forgetting her purse. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Got She's always a lady, no matter where she goes.
1: Praise God. Coming
0: home in the after dark, catching some uh, some Z's on a boat. <clears throat> you get the you get the feeling. So sometimes we you know our days will start at four o'clock in the morning. Ten-hour bus ride to where we're going. Preach, maybe two or three different locations take a bus back home, you know, get in again after midnight. We don't complain. Uh, God has been good to us, but we, we do covet your prayers that God would continue to give us the health and the strength that we need, the grace that we need to continue to do the work. Uh, that's the inside of a jeepney. You can kind of see all the Americans are crammed in there. They did not have us in mind. The typical Filipinos about this tall. So they didn't have us in mind when they designed those, uh, those jeepneys. Um, just we thank God for so many different doors of opportunity that have opened up to us one of those is in the uh, Davao City jail our bishop there is doing a tremendous job you can't hardly see him he's there interpreting for me but he's baptized more than 30 of these inmates over the last few years in Jesus name praise the Lord hallelujah (laughs) amen several of them have received the Holy Ghost and Man, we had church in there just like we had church in here. Amen. We weren't bound up just because we were in prison. Amen. Praise the Lord. Here's a scene that, um, uh, sadly, you're not likely to see in the United States. Got a question for you. If a public school teacher were to take her Bible to her classroom and open it up and begin to talk to her students about what the Bible says... What would happen? Yeah, how long would she have a job? I mean, five more minutes. I mean, she's done. She's toast. I'm so glad I live in a free country. I'm not talking about the U.S. Amen. I'm so glad I live in a free country. In the country of the Philippines, it's actually acceptable for a teacher to talk about what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, many of our best and most promising openings right now, Bishop, are in the public school system of the Philippines. It blows me away, but we are being invited. Uh, we have new opportunities opening up all the time. They're asking us. We, we hardly have... Sometimes we can't find enough workers and, and, and qualified people to go in and teach, but we're being asked all the time, could you come to our school and teach a weekly class uh, on, on Bible history or just tell us what the Word of God says? I kid you not. Praise the Lord. Amen. So I have to show you the picture so you know we're not making it up. Amen. Praise the Lord. This is, this is a public school setting. Amen. and. Uh, the thing about it is many of these teachers yes they're catholic but they know that they don't know their bible so well and they also know that when the bible's in, when bible instructions taught in the school that the kids behave better they turn out to be better citizens they have less problems in the school amen go figure amen when did we start having problems in our schools Well, i think it's about the time we took the took the Bible out hmm here we are uh, just showing a, a uh, scene where we're uh, instructing on how to teach search for truth Bible says one of our first focuses was was orienting all of our pastors and trying to motivate them to take uh, search for truth and use it as an instrument for soul winning and for building their churches and also for training and developing their workers and young ministers not everybody can, can preach in this pulpit on a Sunday night, Brother McGee. I mean, you might have several ministers, but, but uh, there's only one pulpit. But there's, there's hundreds, if not thousands, of opportunities to share the Word of God in even this community here. Amen. Amen. You know, you can, you can preach on a street corner in the U.S. of A. I think you can still do that. And and you're allowed to teach home Bible studies anyway. So as a result of, of home Bible studies, that being a primary focus, we have started uh, many new preaching points, established new many new preaching points, and 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 churches uh, out of that effort, and it continues to be a focus. Here, uh, I just want to see you. One of our Bible college uh, students and pastors is teaching a search for truth chart and again this is not a christian school that is a public school amen classroom well we talked some about our churches and we thank god for uh, what he's blessed us with most of our churches in the in the philippines you're gonna see are pretty humble affairs Uh, some of them are pretty interesting like that one that's what we call a nipa design some of them are about ready to fall down like that one but though they're humble and Sometimes you know it's dirt floors, and very seldom is it air conditioned. Um, it doesn't seem to matter. Uh, our people are just very appreciative to have a place to worship God, a place where they can just forget about the cares of life and and uh, come together and for a few hours just just get into the presence of of the Lord and and uh, enjoy sweet fellowship. So. Our uh, people love church. Most of our churches are at capacity or exceeding. This is an outdoor gathering. We, you know, This is actually in a living room, about 65 people crammed in for a service. Uh, some of them are still open air. It doesn't matter. You never have to heat the building. So <laughs> a lot of them are flow through like this one. Um, we, we're thankful we have many building projects going on, and uh, there's a list of... of uh, Building projects that are on the table out there and, and special needs, feel free to pick them up and please pray. Uh, and help us to believe God for uh, Him to provide. Because of the uh, support and help of folks uh, and generous offerings from people back home, since 2008 or 9 we've built nine new churches in the country of the Philippines. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's one of them right there. Praise the Lord. Uh, and yeah, that's what I mean by packed house. I mean, some, I, I've literally been in church services recently where there were more people outside the building than there were inside. Praise God. So when I say we're packed out, I mean we're packed out. Praise the Lord. God's pouring out his spirit. Amen. Building like that can be built for about 2000 U.S. dollars. That's the Manila Church. That's one of their daughter works. And uh, that's one of the neatest ones. That's This is a bamboo house. And this one right here is on the uh, organization's property, uh, which was acquired a few years back from, uh, from donations from the US. And this is, going to, this is on the same site where we're building uh, our home, uh, which will be owned by the organization. Um, so this, this particular building currently is packed out. Uh, Pastor Nino, had, he's got it going. Um, More than 200 in in typical attendance, maybe 250, already needing to expand. Praise the Lord. I I haven't mentioned, but I should, that the typical Filipino pastor pastors three or four churches. Pastor Nino pastors 12. He's got a lot of help. He's also a very busy man. And he'll be one of our primary instructors in the Bible college when we go back talked a lot about the Bible College well it's at the center of of our vision is the Bible College because we early on came to the realization that the only hope we have in reaching a nation of a hundred million souls and sending missionaries out from there is that we must develop hundreds if not thousands of national ministers as quickly as possible and the quickest way we know to do that, that we could think of to do that, and we're always open to new ideas, was to establish Bible colleges. And it's been our short-term vision to establish three different Bible colleges in the country of the Philippines. This was our 10-year plan, North, Central, and Southern Philippines. We figured it would take 10 years. We figured it would take at least five years before we'd be able to open the first one, but God has just accelerated things. And here... Uh, uh, when we go back, we'll be opening the second Bible College in the Philippines in just three years from when we opened the first one. Uh, you see some pictures of the Bible College students past and this present, and th- that was future. Uh, we thank God that uh, we're we're seeing great results in the lives of these young men and women. Uh, let me explain to you: Bible College in the Philippines is so much different, maybe, than Bible College here. Uh, there we are only accepting applicants that have uh, a recognized call to ministry. And there's only one purpose, and that is to train them, equip them, and get them in the field as quickly as possible. It's no nonsense. It's not, book lear- it's not only book learning, but there's an awful lot of, of uh, emphasis on, on prayer life, personal discipline. Um, we, we run it somewhat like a boot camp, just to be honest with you. I'm um, very strict, and, and right there is one of the greatest taskmasters. You don't want to get on her wrong side, I'm telling you. Amen. Hey, man, she says, I'm a softie. Well, she, compared to her, she's probably right. But uh, nothing gives us greater joy, more joy, than, than seeing these young men and women develop into capable and anointed ministers of the gospel. Pray for the Bible school students. This is how we're gonna reach the Philippines. This is how we're gonna reach Asia. Here we are. Uh, This was just last February during General Conference. We uh, had an ordination service for several of our graduates. Praise the Lord. We uh, were, about a year ago, we were blessed to host the first ever regional conference of the missions works of the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. What an amazing, uh, gathering that was, we got together for four days, uh, just to rub shoulders with men and women who, in my estimation, are giants. Men like brother and sister, men and women like brother and sister Gary Edmonds, our 30-year-plus missionaries to Taiwan, the Barnetts, 15 or so years of service to Papua New Guinea, along with uh, brother Paul Moorefield to India, and several guests from the u.s it was just an amazing time we had over 600 in attendance and more than 40 received the baptism of the holy ghost oh it was awesome it was awesome praise the lord amen the worship was just out of this world kind of like kind of like tonight amen they were getting with it amen Glory to God. Can we just love the Lord tonight and thank you for his goodness? Hallelujah. Wish we could take you there. God, we worship you tonight. God, you're so good. We thank you for your spirit that we felt in this house tonight, God. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing around the world right now. Praise God. Amen. I think that's about it. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, precious Savior. Folks from Papua New Guinea were so sweet. It was their first trip out of the country. Several of their ministers came, and they were just like little kids. Manila to them was just amazing. Praise the Lord. Let us just give you a quick couple points of progress. Um, We first became involved in the work in the Philippines in the year 2006. Did not go to be missionaries until 2009. But when we first went in 2006, we found that there was a good foundation already in place. The organization had 30 licensed ministers and 20 churches. With God's help and His blessing, that number has grown now. We now have 66 licensed ministers, 48 well-established churches, and an additional almost 100 (laughs) preaching points. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Um. One of the things that's been a tremendous blessing and could only be possible with the help of folks back home is we've been able to distribute many netbook little, little tiny inexpensive computers and you have to remember that our Filipino pastors most of them only own one book and that's the Bible they can't afford any kind of to them a book is a luxury item if you have a choice between between buying a book or feeding your family, it's not a hard choice to make. And so <clears throat> we we saw a great need to, to put tools and, and uh, buy and, and, and good books in their hands. And so we came up with a plan where we'd raise money to buy these computers. And every time Sister Naomi and I go back, we take suitcases, stuff full of computers and other goodies. And uh, distribute them among our pastors. We don't give them away, by the way. Uh, we sell them at a discount to what they actually cost so the average uh, is maybe 125 bucks equivalent uh, for them to get a brand new computer loaded with Bible software and now we've given them an entire library these have been a tremendous blessing and have had a direct impact on on reaching souls Uh, we've also similarly distributed several motorcycles which have helped pastors get to remote locations they otherwise couldn't get to and recently we've begun A Program distributing quality Bibles. Uh, We're also actively publishing books through the Bible College and also tracks in several different languages Uh, Mentioned that some of the highlights we we give God. Thanks for him enabling us to open the first Apostolic Bible College Under the ALJC banner in the country of the Philippines year 2010 And with his help we're going to open the second one here this coming July praise the lord glory to god (laughs) thank you jesus already mentioned asia conference Um, everybody's always interested in in statistics and i give god thanks for because every one of these statistics every one of these numbers is a soul amen Amen. i said every one of them is a soul Amen. Amen. That's precious in the sight of god since the year that uh, we began actually living in the philippines through the end of last year so it does not include 2012 or anything before 2009 671 at least have been baptized in jesus name and 711 have received the baptism of the holy ghost hallelujah oh thank you thank you for giving jesus the glory tonight hallelujah oh yeah hallelujah we worship you tonight we thank you god thank you lord for every one of these souls Amen. Amen. Woo, Hallelujah. Amen. We're believing with all our heart this is just uh, just a beginning. Just a beginning of what God's going to be doing. Amen. Of course, we uh, need to acquaint you with some of the needs there. One of the greatest uh, needs and I think the greatest investments uh, that that you'll ever have an opportunity to make is investing in a soul, investing in a, in, in a ministry, and so it takes money to, to house and feed our Bible College students. Uh, this is something if there's a shortfall, Sister Namie and I uh, have to take care of it out of our own budget, and we do. But uh, in order to expand the Bible College, we're going to need some outside help. And we don't charge tuition, we don't charge anything for books. Uh, we put you know we we 're building buildings for them to to sleep in, no cost to them, uh, but we still need to f- house them and feed them, and that costs about forty dollars a month. How many here can eat for forty dollars a month? How many can feed your dog for forty dollars a month? Maybe we can feed your dog for forty depends how big he is, I guess so uh we're praying that God would just put it on the hearts of at least 30 different individuals to sponsor one Bible college student for one year, 400 bucks, and you sponsor a student for an entire year. Four, $40 a month if you, can, if you don't have it all at once. Uh, what we'll do, if you, if you can get with your pastor who will get with me, if you'd like to sponsor a Bible college student, we'll let you know how to do it and uh once we get back to the philippines and get a list of enrollees we'll even give you the name so you know exactly who you're sponsoring and you can pray for that individual it would be a tremendous blessing and the only way i see going forward in order to be able to grow the bible college is through sponsors many needs listed out on the back uh i won't go through all those please pick up a sheet and you can read about some of the needs that are there please help us pray for these um nobody likes to talk about money but we all recognize that Kingdom of God needs money in order to go forward. Praise the Lord. Pastor's wife is amening me here. Praise the Lord. Amen. Bishop is amening. But we all ought to just, just nod in recognition. It does take money. Amen. God bless you. You're a given church. We thank God for your support. Brother McGee was one of the very first to pick us up as missionaries, and we honor you, elders. You've been such a blessing to us. This church has been a blessing to us already, so God bless you, and thank you so much for that from the bottom of our hearts. Uh, but just to let you know, it takes uh, right at $3,000 a month minimum to uh, not only cover our living uh, expenses, but also to support the various many mini- ministries that, we're, uh, that we've shared with you and travel expenses. We're, we're pretty frugal, but it does take about three grand a month. 2011, I edited it up, did the math, and, and we received about $500 a month short of that. So uh, God's... Uh, with God's help, uh, we somehow made it by. I didn't miss too many meals, obviously. Just by looking at me, you can tell. But, but uh, <clears throat> it, d- it does mean that we're, we were not able to do many of the things we would like to have done. Some things, uh, some areas got neglected because simply there weren't enough funds. So uh, 3500 a month would be a lot better. 4000 would even be better. But uh, anything that you can do, it, Lord will put it in your help to uh, help support uh, the Philippines missions. We know that God will bless you above, uh, above and beyond what you could ever, amen, ever imagine. Amen. How many believe that? Uh, God loves missions. The heartbeat of the work of, uh, of God's kingdom is missions, and I, I promise you, amen, you, you will be blessed when you get in tune with God's heartbeat. Somebody mentioned miracles tonight. Anybody believe in miracles? Praise the Lord. Let me tell you. Amen. I, I can't explain it, Bishop. I, don't, I take no credit for it, Pastor. Uh, but, but but i but I got to talk about it. God has just, of late, just, just opened us up into a realm of miracles that is unlike anything I have ever experienced in my years of living for God. Just as examples. I mean, and there's one after the other. Just as an example, after we got back to the. US in March. I got a, this, so just very recently, I got an amazing text from one of our pastors who we trust in, uh, implicitly and he gave a report of, of eight souls baptized and we we're praising the Lord over that. Amen. the next day I get a report a follow-up report because he hadn't even received the news yet and he's, but he's praising the Lord because one of the ladies that he had baptized was blind. But after being baptized, she now sees. Oh, she was baptized in Jesus' name! Wow, he's still opening blind eyes. Yeah. Wow. Haha! Whoo! Praise the Lord! This, this, this young fella, this young fella, uh, this was this was maybe a year ago. we we, we preached his pastor's anniversary service and several received the Holy Ghost including him and we, we were shouting the victory over that and praising God over that and uh, you know just milling around after the service his pastor comes up to me and he said brother and Amy uh, do you know the story about that young fellow right there have I told you yet and I said well I know he got the Holy Ghost tonight, right and he said oh yeah yeah he got the Holy Ghost he said but just recently he got the news from the doctor's that he is completely free of leukemia. The doctors didn't do it. They know they didn't do it. They have no explanation, but it's nothing but the name of Jesus and faith in his name. I'm telling you, it still works today. Praise the Lord. Oh, anybody? Anybody in the mood for a miracle? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'll give honor. I'll give honor where honor is due. His pastor and his church is the most praying church you'll ever find. i tell you, they're on their knees. I thank God they're praying for us right now. Amen. Amen. Healed in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Another amazing story. This young lady, her name is Sister Rowena, brand new convert last september was baptized in jesus name shortly thereafter i mean within days of her being baptized she found herself in a very perilous situation she has a little hamburger stand in the village of kabanklon city where she supports herself by just serving burgers to passers-by i mean hamburger stand is not as big as this piece of the you know, of the platform there and um she, there's a commotion going on all of a sudden, and she, she l- looks up to see to her horror that there's this crazed guy running around with a machete hacking up people. He's just going crazy, running nuts, screaming, waving a machete. Several people got cut up very badly. One man last lost most of his fingers off of one of his hands, and now that guy is headed right at her, screaming, yelling, just crazed course she does what you and i would do she got out from behind her stand starts running next thing you know she stumbles and falls and this guy's coming at her he's right on top of her just not knowing anything hardly about about the word of god but but knowing what she's heard in church that there's power in the name of jesus she did the one thing the first thing that came to her mind and lying there on the ground she looked up at the man and it sounds a little funny the way she said it but this is exactly what she said she said hallelujah in jesus name right. yeah. the man froze like a statue I'll tell you what happened. There were unseen hands of angels holding that man at bay from that child of God. Oh, she, she didn't have, she's just a little thing. She's weak in her, own, in her own power, but she's strong because she had faith in the power of the name of Jesus. And the name of Jesus saved her that day. Praise the Lord. Amen. Security guards came, onlookers came, removed the weapon from the guy's hand, subdued him. I'm telling you, that lady's got a testimony today. Praise the Lord. Well, I'll tell you, the, well, the rest of the story is she went back to church. She got real serious about getting the Holy Ghost after that. She got the Holy Ghost the very next Sunday. Can we give God the praise? She's still in church. Amen. Her whole family's in church. Praise the Lord. We prayed a couple of them through just before we left. Amen. I mean, you talk about revival. Amen. Praise God. Amen. You want, have, you want to have a revival. Let's, let's just have a miracle or two and tell everybody about what Jesus is doing. Amen. Bishop, you talked about God meaning it for good. You know, I think what we need to believe God for is, is those folks who are sick right now to be healed. So it will be a testimony to this community. Amen. And that there's still power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let God's true people shine. Praise the Lord. Amen. What time is it? I think I'm going too long. Hey, Amen. Oh, my. Uh, man, i got to tell this story. Hey, Amen. Praise the Lord. This lady, uh, this, is, this is perhaps the most notable miracle I've ever uh, seen in my own life. It's in, definitely in my top five or ten. It did not happen in the country of the Philippines. It happened in the country of Nepal, where we were invited as guests to, to uh, spend some time with missionary Moorfield Traveling with one of the brothers from the Philippines Pastor Nino we were invited the four of us to this lady's home Because she was paralyzed Could not move her legs we found her very depressed Propped up in bed with pillows learned that she had learned a few things we learned that she had spent all of her Fortune she used to live in a nice house used to have a, a husband who was influential in the community Family left her. He left her. Um, She spent all her money, had to move into a a real depressing place. And uh, now she's paralyzed, can't care for herself. We found her just down and depressed and also ashamed because along the way she had renounced, not really renounced her Christian faith, but she had gone back and begin to practice some of the idolatry of the Hindus under pressure, with, under pressure from her family. Sometimes, I mean, it can happen. It happens here. Sometimes people feel pressure, and they just, they don't really, it's, they don't really mean it. I mean, they, you know, their heart's not in it, but they're pressured, and this, so they follow along with their family, and she made that mistake, and she felt so ashamed. So, so we assured her that, that Jesus still loved her. And, that he wanted, and though that he had the power to heal her, what he wanted more than anything else was to see her in heaven. And we encourage her to believe God, to, to repent of her sins, and to receive his forgiveness. Oh, with joy she received it, began to weep. The presence of the Lord entered into that room. Within a few minutes she was speaking in tongues again. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, what a change came over her. I mean, you could just see a complete lifting of that heaviness and the joy of the Lord and just a renewing of the Holy Ghost that she had received many years prior. Praise the Lord. Well, to make a long story short, before we left that day, this woman who the doctors could not help, they sent her home after five days in India. to go home. We can't do anything else for you. Praise God. We still have a great physician amen before we left that place that woman was not only standing on her own power she was not only walking but she was shouting and jumping Praying, praising God, there she is in her bedroom, giving God praise because she had just been healed of paralysis by the power of the name of our God. Amen. I tell you, God is still the same. Even yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. He's still the same in the United States as he is in the Philippines. If you've got a need tonight, if you've got enough faith to believe, All things are possible. Be a skeptic if you want. Praise the Lord. But our God has never changed. He's never changed. Praise the Lord. Oh, let's just love him tonight. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We're going to give God a chance. We're going to give you a chance here in just a little bit to receive a miracle. If there's anybody here tonight that needs a Holy Ghost, we're going, to, we're going to have a prayer season. If you need a miracle, you're in the right place tonight, right time. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're showing some pictures of water baptisms in Jesus' name. You may wonder why. Why do we stress water baptism? What's the big deal about it? Friend, the big deal is he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That's what Jesus said. He said, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven. You ignore these things at your own peril. Water baptism is a necessary step of obedience in obeying the plan of salvation, God's plan of salvation. We must obey the gospel, which is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. God's judgments will come upon all those who don't know it and don't obey the gospel? Amen. 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 God's plan is simple. Jesus died; we must die in repentance. Jesus was buried; we are buried with him, according to Romans six three. We are buried with Christ in water baptism. We receive. Jesus rose from the dead. We're new creatures when we receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It's our resurrection. Amen. Water baptism is the token of the new covenant. According to Colossians chapter 2, 11 and 12. Just as, just as circumcision was a token of the old covenant. Amen, there is a token of the new covenant. If water baptism is important, then it's important how you do it. And there's a reason why the apostles always baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. It's because he's the one who died for us. We are identifying with him Specifically. That's why in the book of Acts, when you see a baptismal ceremony, it is always done with the name of Jesus Christ pronounced over those individuals. This is the gospel message that we preach in the country of the Philippines. I'm happy today to tell you that that people hear this simple message, they respond to it, God honors it, amen, amen. In this picture right here, we're showing you how we do it in the Philippines sometimes. We just load them up in a dump truck. Take them down to the water. Now, we don't dump them, we don't dump the truck in the water. <laughs> it's how we transport them. Here's a group coming home in the dump truck that had just recently been baptized in Jesus' name 24 on that day alone. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Coming to a conclusion here, I wish I could transport everybody to the country of the Philippines. And just allow you to spend some time uh, in, in what I, I feel like is a little slice of heaven. Well, y'all are familiar. You know, what you got going on here is wonderful. We, we just love your worship. feel so at home today among you. Because it's so, uh, it reminds me so much of the response that we see among the precious Filipino people. I mentioned we have church services that go three and four hours. Why? Well... What's better than this? Now you see how you see how most of these, a lot of these people live in those shanties. They, they have absolutely nothing to go home to, but here I am in a place with God's wonderful people. Amen, I'm hearing the, the word of eternal life, and we're feeling the presence of the holy God of heaven. Amen, God is touching, He's blessing. Amen, people are receiving miracles. Amen. People are getting the gift of the Holy Ghost. What's the big hurry? Amen. What's the big hurry? Well, that's our attitude there. Amen. Amen. So we wanted to just show you, give you some slices of some of the services. Everywhere we go, large crowds, small churches, it doesn't seem to matter. We preach just the simple message of God's plan of salvation. People have hungry hearts. There's so many we have yet to reach. We need your prayers. We need your, your help to reach them. Count it a great honor to be your missionary to the country of the Philippines. Tonight, as we come to a conclusion, I want to invite the musicians to come back. This service would not be complete if we didn't give everyone here an opportunity to get what you need from God. You need the Holy Ghost tonight. I'm going to ask you. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.